0: you and me right where you are right in this moment is exactly where you were meant to be so wherever that may be just be to be a new you hello beautiful people and welcome to the joygasmic life podcast your permission slip to raise your standards and live an even more amazing life now if you're feeling like that's way out of the ball game and you're really suffering with like pain in your body, guilt, shame, anxiety, depression, like these emotions run a lot of people's lives and that's not by accident. Our culture is set up to keep us in those emotions because it's easier to control people when they're in those emotions. But if you're on an awakening journey and you have recognized that those are there, you have taken the most crucial step to get out of that, which is to become aware that it's actually happening. Just time to Awaken to bring all the parts of yourself back to this present moment, and explore the joy that is your life when you live full out, fully expressed, fully harnessing the joygasmic potential of your body and yourself. Anything is possible, and especially we are here to tell you that deep and fulfilling love is possible and is available for you when you choose that for yourself.
1: Hello and welcome to the Joygasmic Life Podcast. Today we've got a beautiful friend of mine, J.C. Clarkson, who is a community-created herbalist and the new birth keeper serving home births outside the system in the Slocan Valley area. Um, J.C. and I met through uh, herbalism and my love of yoni steaming, and I was looking for somebody who could craft herbs for me, and we connected (laughs) there, and she's been part of our mom-to-mom support group on Mondays for quite some time now, and now we're in my bedroom. I'm Mm -hmm. in the end of postpartum, and uh, JC and I were talking yesterday about fertility awareness method and how it served her and how it served me, and I thought we could sit down and just jam on that and talk about our experiences and what it is that, uh, you know, because we both had really different journeys with that, so I thought that would be a great place Mm -hmm. to to share some wisdom. Um before we get into that, I'd love to hear from you JC like how did you get into the path that you're that you're on? Ooh. <laughs> I have a long story. But. Like
2: my life story, <laughs> you know, like yeah. every yeah, everything that's happened along my path has definitely led me to this moment. Um so, let me think about where I want to start for today. Hmm. Yeah, so briefly, um what got me started into herbalism was actually making uh, bo- body products and skincare products because when I was in my early 20s or even just my first couple years of college, I started to learn about all the wild and not great ingredients in conventional, you know, deodorants and. Um, facial care products and shampoos and conditioners and so I started making my own deodorant and uh, and it kind of just grew from there so from the deodorant I started making uh, my own facial oils and then I just stumbled across a herbal harvest workshop on Galliano Island Right. yeah and I did that and that really set me up with the foundations for simple herbal remedies you know I learned how to make Herbal-infused oils and salves and tinctures uh, and steams and how to harvest and how to identify plants that are local to us here on the West Coast. And then, yeah, it just took off from there. And I just started experimenting. And, you know, every year a a certain plant would kind of pop out and be like, hello, (laughs) JC, I want to work with you. And so I'd focus on making remedies with that plant. And now, you know how many years has it been like seven years later my apothecary is growing and yeah i i mainly make medicine for myself and my family and my friends but i do sell a few little little things there to inspire people down the plant path
1: yeah yeah i yeah. know i checked out your facial cleanser and mm. your um like rejuvenating oil you yes. got a beautiful etsy Etsy shop
2: so yeah yeah we'll have to teach you how to do that while I'm here (laughs) do an oil cleansing method yeah I'm looking forward to checking that out yeah so that's about the herbalism and and then for the birth work that I really just this past summer again stumbled upon a woman in uh, Vancouver who uh, passed away just last August her name's Jessica Austin and I don't know, I saw a friend of mine posted about her on their Facebook, and I went and started reading about her work and listened to her podcast, and she really, really inspired me that just because I'm not a mother yet myself doesn't mean I can't serve women uh. Uh, in pregnancy and birth, and that's something that I had kind of like, I don't know, flipped off in my brain, like the possibility of working uh. in birth, because I... Wasn't sure I wanted to be a mother, and then I just am not yet, even though I very much want to be sometime soon. So, yeah, she really inspired me, and I found her teacher, Gloria LeMay. And two weeks later, the, the Wise Woman Way of Birth doula training was happening, and oh. I just signed up immediately. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh and attended my first birth in December. So, oh, still so new sad. on my path, but so excited to also be here learning about immediate postpartum with you. (laughs) That's what we're doing. (laughs) We're cozied
1: up in my, it's like in my bed nest. I've been here for the better part of five weeks with the exception of like bathroom breaks and walks around the house. Mm -hmm. And and Yeah. It's been really beautiful to explore what that traditional postpartum Mm -hmm. is like, you know, really being nurtured by women folk and, and taking that time to rest and go really seeing the postpartum as an opportunity to, Heal, past wounds. Mm. Heal sistership wounds. Heal, um, you know, and prevent prevent future issues in in future pregnancies or future births just by really embodying that receptive feminine resting wisdom. Yes, and uh, the telepathy is coming up. Mm. The uh, yeah. yeah, the the things just sort of like percolating out of the ethers or out of the system. Hey, I'm just thinking about this. Somebody brings it, stuff yes. like that. Oh. It's just really been percolating and really vibrant, so it's super exciting. So good. Yeah. So let's mm-hmm. let's jam on fertility awareness because yeah. that's something that we've had really different journeys with.
2: Yeah, and I haven't heard your journey yet. Yeah, so, kind
1: of briefly. So. Yeah. So I mean, I got into fertility awareness method when I was planning conception for this guy. Okay. Um. So basically, I had had an IUD in previously.
2: Is um, that a hormonal or copper IUD? I
1: had opted for the copper because I felt like that was better. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been on birth control since I was 16, more mm-hmm. or less. It's my third IUD. I had one put in after Alex was born. I had, that one came out by accident after um, actually a colcoscopy. Mm-hmm. So I had an abnormal pap and then mm-hmm. went in to the cancer clinic, which was terrifying in oh. and of itself. Um, I was like, why am I in this building? I don't want to be in this building. What am I doing? What's happening next? Am I going to get cancer? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, so they basically said that I had something abnormal come back and they wanted to take a piece of my cervix to check it out. Um, and they, I unknowingly consented to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards they were like, oh, do you want like a tampon or pads? And I had given up underwear years before. So I was like, I don't have anything to attach a pad <laughs> to. I'm like, I don't have anything to attach a pad to. I didn't think of what this through. I was like, a tampon then? Okay, so I put the tampon in. And then later that day I was having a um I was having a pee and I went to go check the tampon. I was like, Oh, I'll just take this thing out now, it's probably fine and out comes my IUD. Whoa. It was like the blood from the, the procedure had like bonded the tampon to the IUD string and it just and they both came out and I was like, What the fuck? Like I was in the middle of a big fight with my baby's, my first son's ex, dad, whatever, and Mm -hmm. it just like shook me so hard. I was like, whoa, whoa. And then I was like, ugh, now I gotta be careful about who I put between my legs. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. Oh, and
2: that's that's great that you touched on that. I mean, just briefly, I wanted to mention, because we were also talking about this yesterday evening, was those screening tests, right? Yeah, oh my God. And how, and I won't go into this too much, maybe we can talk about that another time, women's health and screening tests, Mm. but uh, how, you know, yeah, often, like in your case, there's something abnormal that comes back, and you kind of go down this road that causes a lot of anxiety and worry that Mm. in the end don't amount to anything or you've got false positives or false negatives and yeah it's wild but so common Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: well well, and i want to acknowledge that at that time i was really disrespecting myself sexually Mm -hmm. every time i was in intimacy with a partner Mm -hmm. um uh i think at that point i had two partners we were like consciously non-monogamy and um i wasn't really happy with either of them Mm -hmm. and i just didn't know how to respect myself better in terms of what i was doing with intimacy Mm -hmm. and that getting that sort of like abnormal path was a real wake-up call for me because i was like shit like Mm -hmm. things are not happy down there and i know that you know like i know that Mm -hmm. but i'm not listening to it so that was kind of I I in, I decided at that point instead of going down whatever they were thinking that I would do um that I would just resolve what was going on in my intimacy and set better boundaries and um Wonderful. I broke up with both of them. You yeah. know, I was like neither mm, of these is working. Let's go find something different. Um I love that. Maybe could have found some quiet time with myself, but you know, mm-hmm. at the time it was something different. Um someone different. <laughs> so, um yeah it's it's yes, really good and
2: physical as a manifestation of something deeper going on absolutely that you recognize that that was where the work needed to be rather than just following the medical system yeah next steps mm. yeah
1: and and i think we we talked about this some last night but there's also this idea that the medical procedures are in themselves invasive there's a term medical rape you know not like doctor's having sex with you but doctor's putting their fingers into you when you don't really want anybody's fingers in you and it's happening anyway because you just don't have the personal authority to say there's
2: that power dynamic between the care provider and you yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and so you know that was sort of one of the beginning places and the IUD coming out because I prior to that I was like oh like when I want this out like I'll have to go to a doctor and they will Mm. then remove it for me right and I've removed three IUDs from my body wow One of them accidentally and two of them consciously, um, you know, without a doctor and the, it was such a empowering thing because it's a terrible experience to have one put in. If anybody's ever done that, I don't know if I would really recommend it. Mm -hmm. It seems like a good option Mm -hmm. in terms of birth control, uh, in that it's low maintenance, right? yeah but i also had a copper iud for yeah a couple of years yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so let's maybe since yeah. we're on the topic let's mm-hmm. talk about the consequences of that because i remember when i got it put in all three times they sit you down and they give you this little pamphlet and they go through it and they go like just mm-hmm. so you know there's like a one in a thousand chance that your uterus will be punctured I didn't hear that. You didn't get that? Okay, Mm -hmm. I got that all three times. (laughs) And I was like, not going to be me, not going to be me. Got my fingers crossed. And like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. I'm like, "Mm, I live in a world where like my life is more blessed than that. Like some other lady can have that experience, but not me, you know. Um, But they didn't talk about the other side effects of the IUD, which Mm -hmm. are hormone disruption if you've got hormonal iud Mm -hmm. and then a tremendous number tremendous amount of anecdotal evidence myself included of just like depression and Mm -hmm. a sense of disembodiedness Mm -hmm. and um you know sort of mental emotional psychosomatic consequences of having something in your uterus that isn't a baby which is really the only thing that should ever be in your uterus is a baby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a one-way organ. It goes – it creates a thing and it goes out. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. And you have this foreign object implanted in there. Yeah, and with the copper IUD, I think the only thing I remember learning about was – uh, potential for increased bleeding yeah. and cramping right yeah like heavier yeah. periods because your body's mm-hmm. trying to kick it out right your body's like
1: this is not cool get it out mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so then what was your experience with that
2: yeah my experience was oh i'm trying to remember the timeline of this <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. I, I i know i so i stopped all hormonal birth control when in like 2014, and that's when I first dove into fertility awareness method, okay. started tracking my cycle, but then I got the copper IUD, huh. which I'm like, what? Why did I do that? <laughs> Why did I do that? Right. I think I was still building trust and confidence in, in the method and in my body. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had that br- just briefly like for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then it just like one day hit me like, I, d- I don't want this in my body anymore. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't want this, whatever, this foreign object, this metal in my body. And so I, I just booked an appointment and got it removed. And then I've never been on birth control again. Okay. Um, what was the process of getting it removed like? Because I've never actually done that. You know, it was similar to the insertion like speculum um and then they just tweezers and tug on the string and there's it felt like a little pinch okay um but actually i had it inserted by my fat my gp and but then i actually went to a women's health clinic when i got it removed and and that was a better experience it was a it was a woman doctor and i don't know i just felt like it was a little bit of a nicer environment Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was quick and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so you did have some like
1: pain on the Just a bit of a pinch. But, like, not like that, I don't know, I remember the insertion is, like, this cramp that, like, makes your brain fry a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as (laughs) the insertion, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can imagine Mm -hmm. labor is kind of like the, um.
2: Oh, that cramping. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but then the endorphins kick in, and it's okay. and it helps. Right? You don't get endorphins
2: with a metal thing being inserted. No, you don't get it. removed from your uterus.
1: No, there's no endor- there's no time for the endorphins.
2: No, maybe some adrenaline. <laughs> some stress hormones. I remember I
1: couldn't drive. Like, I had to get somebody to to drive me there. And then I was like, at- on the third one, I was like, I don't know why I went back for a third one. Well, I do know why, because I wanted to have sex with my husband without thinking about condoms for, like, as long as I wanted to do that. Before I was like, okay, we're ready to do whatever yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, But turns out... I could have been doing that. Yes. I just wasn't ready to take charge of my body
2: on that level. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It involves, so fertility awareness method involves participation, right? Daily participation in your health. And yeah, a lot of people aren't ready to take that on, right? You take (laughs) a pill, it's easy. It's easy. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, But it's also not as empowering. (laughs) It's not (laughs) as empowering and it comes with consequences like depression, weight gain, um,
1: disruption of our natural hormonal systems, right? Yeah. So most people don't think of they think about the symptoms, mm-hmm. but the symptoms are there because, our, we're tricking our bodies into thinking we're pregnant, mm-hmm. with artificial hormones mm-hmm. for months and years on end. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a much bigger problem than anybody really understands because we're really only in the first like fifty to seventy years of doing this to women. Exactly. And we look at rising infertility and da 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 da, and like mood disorders and anxiety and. All sorts of things. Yeah.
2: And and I don't have any memory of my doctor. Like the first time I chose to start hormonal birth control, I started with the pill, pills, many different types (laughs) because they weren't working for me. But I have Mm. no memory of any risks side effects, mm. nothing was Little presented to me. Little piece of paper that
1: comes with the pills, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, like I who guess reads I didn't those. even
2: know to look at that. Like, yeah. I was 15, and yeah. this was just the right thing to do, right? Or, yeah. this is the thing to do. Well, that's what school, school, school does to do, yeah.
1: right? I remember sitting in school and being like, la, 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 like, life skills, like, what the heck, why are they talking about all this sex stuff? I could mm-hmm. give a crap, because I'm, like, 11, and then, you know, yeah. well, I was a little bit older than that, because... Mm-hmm we 14 15 14 something like that when we went through that yeah. um but just you know they present all these options it's like well you can do nothing you'll get pregnant or an std oh yeah. thanks guys mm-hmm. or you can do this you know these plethora of sort of physical yeah. interventions or hormonal interventions and um you know there was no mention of like fertility awareness method i think they Point and laugh at the rhythm rhythm method a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or just go like it's not any more effective than mm-hmm.
2: um, just having sex mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild yeah and and just an anecdote is I know a woman who um, has been on birth control on and off for many years and recently, uh, went back on, uh, more so to do with the other symptoms, like other things, right? Not for, uh, contraception, but for mood, (laughs) you know, there's all these other things that birth control is prescribed for. And, and, and her doctor who knows this woman prescribed her birth control that, was very clearly contraindicated Mm. for kidney, any kidney issues and bipolar disorder, knowing that
1: (laughs) this woman
2: had both kidney issues and living with bipolar disorder. So like what? Right. right. (laughs) Shocking. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And I mean, that just points to sort of a lot of the problems in terms of patient care and Western medical and, you know, malpractice is one of the, Biggest causes of people having medical issues, or yeah. like it, it, like actual injury from different me- medicines, exactly. and surgeries, Not and whatnot. the
2: side effects in to the specific person that they're working with.
1: Yeah, that reminds me. You you shared a story the other day about somebody you knew who had had a hysterectomy. hmm Who, when they went to go do the surgery, they looked at her uterus and were like, "Everything looks fine in here. No cancer. Let's take it anyway." Yeah. And you're just like, "What the fuck?" So yeah. it's like just people go like oh but it's so easy and you go like right but you're also putting your trust in and someone else you're putting your trust in someone else and that someone else has you know includes the stories we just told exactly
2: <laughs> and it's like mm, is
1: that really where you want to put your
2: trust yeah and that someone else doesn't know your body and right i think that is what coming back to fertility awareness method yeah. um does is it teaches you to be an expert on your own body mm. right and so you don't have to put your trust in anyone else because right. you know best right yeah yeah so how did
1: you get into yeah. your own tracking you said mm-hmm. you've been it for
2: seven years
1: no babies yeah. yet so your no babies yet your success story yeah
2: on- <laughs> which i honestly have sometimes like <laughs> yeah anyways, <laughs> let's go back to the beginning so uh, so I like I mentioned, was on various methods of birth control a pill uh and then the nuva ring yep. for many years, from fifteen to uh uh. I don't know. 29. Math is not working. You said you're 28. Yeah. You, you there did you go. For seven years, so, so you were 15
1: to 21.
2: <laughs> I'm 15 to 21, more or less. So yeah, six years. Um, and uh, I, in near the end, I was getting chronic yeast infections every single month. Ugh, god. Every like I, the whole shebang. You know, I mean, it was so uncomfortable, uh, and I was having oh. to use the drugstore, you know, canestin, oral fung- fungal. Uh, pharmaceutical that was the only thing I tried many natural things including you know garlic up the (laughs) vagina um diet you know cutting out sugar and refined carbohydrates and all of that and nothing was working Mm -hmm. and so I finally started working with a naturopath and she mentioned do you think these could be connected to Birth, the birth control you're on mm. and it hadn't occurred to me because i had never had like for all the years i was on birth control i had never had this just till the last year or mm. so i would say um so it hadn't occurred to me and and she asked would you be open to stopping and see and i did and they disappeared and i've had maybe wow. like one or two you know in seven years yeah um
1: much better. Than, Much better. Than than every single month. Oh my god.
2: Yeah. And so at the same time she lent me the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Fabulous. I'm book. gonna forget the author's name. Um, but wonderful book. Uh, to learn how to track my cycle. Yeah. And I it's so funny because I, I have this book still and I lend it to women all the time. And when I borrowed that book I read it cover to cover and it's like a it's a hefty book but it was just so fascinating for me to learn for the first time how my body is actually working you know what makes me fertile to find out that I'm only fertile when I release an egg once a month Wow, it just blew my mind. And I was simultaneously very angry (laughs) for why have I never learned this before? Why are we not taught this basic information? And super empowered also to finally know. Uh, And so, yeah, so in that break that I took from birth control to allow the yeast infections to calm down, I was tracking my cycle um, I was in a partnership at that time, and super important to be tracking your cycle. Then. Super important, and I think that is the reason that I went. I got the IUD. Was mm. like, oh, this is, this is just temporary for me to like figure out the yeast infection stuff. But I'm still in a partnership and having sex regularly, and I should have some other method. So All I don't right. know. I I didn't quite, you know, trust or. Um, Yeah, I wasn't quite ready yet to fully, fully accept the responsibility. Um, Yeah, and then, like I said, about a year, two, I don't even think it was two years, like maybe a year and a half, uh, I got that IUD removed. And then ever since, I've been, yeah, tracking my cycle. So were Mm -hmm. you tracking while you had the IUD as well? That's a good, I actually think I was. Okay. I actually think I was. Right, Mm -hmm. because there's like,
1: I mean, sometimes, some women pay attention to, some women don't pay attention to their cycle at all. And they go, oh my God, my period's here. What a surprise, yeah. right? Some women have a general idea. If they're regular, they go, okay, it's happening this time every month. Yeah. If you're doing pills or whatever, you know, okay, when I get to these pills, then I'm, my period's coming. yeah generally. Which
2: is not a real period, right? <laughs> right? That's something I want to touch on. is So I the copper, if I recall, how the copper IUD works is it actually just makes your cervical mucus toxic to sperm so it kills the sperm. That's how it works. So it's not working with your hormones. Whereas all hormonal birth control, it doesn't just it doesn't just uh trick your body into thinking it's pregnant. It actually shuts off all of the hormonal communication. Well it shuts down your ovaries. What? So yes, this I just learned this in the documentary oh the business of birth control. So we're not even taught that. Oh and then you get a and then you take you stop taking your pills for a week and you get your period no it's not even a real period none of the hormonal communication is happening nothing is happening and that is a breakthrough bleed that happens a withdrawal bleed because you're not taking the hormones daily so that's your body like going through withdrawal of not taking those hormones for those seven days. Oh so it's not even a real period, <laughs> right? Which, and, the, cool? and the period's important because
1: it's it's helping with the
2: detox. Yes, it's you're cleansing releasing. the system. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so it just shuts down all the communication basically, which to. you can imagine how that impacts our whole body mm. health. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Right? Gosh. And we talk about how much of this stuff is in drinking water if you don't have filtered water if you're not doing filtered water, right? Mm-hmm. Like Does and how no it's impacting estrogen? all the animals who are drinking that water and my brain's just like You're like How this is supposed to be the great liberator, right? The pill is the great liberator of female sexuality.
2: Exactly. And you're like,
1: I think herbs were the great liberator of female sexuality, like we knew how to use them a long time ago.
2: Yeah, they were sold to us as female liberation, but we're finding out more and more of that not so much cuz it's just dis- disembodying dis- dis us, disconnecting us from our bodies. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I,
1: yes. I have so much uh, well, I don't like to I don't like to live in regret, but it's mm-hmm. just like you don't could, know what you don't know. If I could go back and tell my 15-year-old self like you don't have to follow this path cuz I was on yeah. hormonal birth control for like 20 years. Yeah in some shape or form right like if there was something that came out i tried it mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm, you know mm-hmm. and and so then fertility awareness method so you've been tracking for seven years with yeah a, with a bit of a gap in there and yeah
2: a little bit of a gap and and i've gone through periods where i've been more lax about it because guess what <laughs> so through this method i started to notice so many things about my body you know things that I even was like worried about before Mm. for example um, I used to get this little like pinching cramping pain uh, in my groin like you know next out from the belly button and down a little bit on one side and uh, I actually as a young girl like went to the doctor thinking something was wrong and they could never really figure it out and then I realized it's when I ovulate I feel when I ovulate and it switches sides right sometimes it's this tube sometimes it's this tube or this ovary and then this ovary um so so wow you know so beautiful something that I was pathologizing before which happens about so many things about female body Uh in the medical care system now with information about what was happening in my body such well, a clear sign okay i'm feeling i'm ovulating today right Right, and, and
1: now it's like okay all the chart all the temperature tracking and the cervical mucus tracking you've been doing yeah it's like it all oh together. and i've got this little pinch you're like definitely
2: definitely today
1: <laughs> definitely today definitely yeah. not having you know penetrative intimacy today if yeah we're avoiding
2: protection exactly yeah yeah uh what else um Yeah, just so many things. You know, I notice now after I ovulate, that's when my breasts get a little bit more tender in the two Mm. weeks before I bleed. Um, I've noticed uh, there's some, like, lymph nodes that kind of, like, swell Mm. and then go down. And, and again, it was, like, before, like, oh, is this a lump in my armpit or my breast? Right. Do I have cancer? Oh, my God, am I dying? Right. Right? And you're like, no. No, it's something that fluctuates with my monthly cycle and so it's really brought a lot of ease for Mm. me in what goes on in my body um and yeah has really allowed me to uh find that window of time when I'm when I'm fertile and make choices about whether I'm just gonna avoid sex altogether or use uh, condoms during that time yeah and yeah so far it's worked (laughs) I'm like this works so well like I don't know I sometimes have this niggling fear of like is it like can I get I don't know, we'll see, <laughs> but maybe it just works that well.
1: <laughs> I think it just works that well, like, yeah. I mean, if you're following your rules, right? Exactly. And and that's that's one of the things that the book teaches so beautifully, and yes. if anybody's listening to this and they go, like, how do I do this? Like, just go get the book, read the book, Yeah. neither JC nor I are, like, Experts qualified to teach teachers. this yeah. in any way, shape, or form, just <laughs> women who, you know, read the book and applied it to our own lives, and... Cool. They have a lovely sort of scale of, like, are you trying to conceive or are you trying to oh, avoid? Yeah. And based on, you know, whether it's like, dear God, no, I'm not having a baby, or dear God, please make me, let me have a baby, right, you're going to exactly. make different rules for yourself based on...
2: Exactly. And isn't that the beauty? It's a method that applies throughout your entire journey, mm-hmm. through your childbearing years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just like you said, whether to avoid pregnancy or to become pregnant. It yeah. can be used for both, which... Yeah. All the other methods can't really, you know, they're just for one thing. They're one direction.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're not providing you information about your body. Um, One one of the other things they talk about in the book is... Um, Baby noises. Baby noises. (laughs) So sweet. Um, One of the other things they talk about in the book is how, you know, just like you said, you've got more information about your body. um, But then also people are having trouble for uh, conceiving Then Mm -hmm. the information that they're gaining about the length of their cycle, how their temperature is fluctuating throughout their cycle, their symptomology. It's like where exactly is the issue? You can gain that information and basically be able to diagnose yourself more effectively based on the information that you have versus just being like, don't know what's happening.
2: Yeah. And that why is why can I get pregnant? Yeah. Right. And just being like, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: It's like, yeah. well, you can dive into it and really For figure sure. it out. Is it like, is it your stress or is it like the, is mm-hmm. the first part of the cycle or the second part of the cycle where you're mm-hmm. having, having trouble? And, Yeah, Yeah,
2: you can really get specific information about the differing hormones that play a role. Yeah. uh, Which is something I haven't dove into so deeply, but I would love to learn more of that. And, you know, I've heard, you know, temperature can be indications of thyroid health. Mm. and what that temperature is. Exactly. Totally, I can see that. Yeah, so I'd love to learn more about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So how did it work for you? Like, how did you start? And, Yeah. yeah, tell me about that.
1: So, um... We were in like sort of the first, the year before preconception, I was researching all things orgasmic birth and home birth and free birth and um, was realizing, okay, so I'm, I've still got my, Did I still have it in it? Yeah, I did still have it in at that point because we were in Calgary when we came back and took it out. Your IUD. My IUD, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we still had the IUD in, but I knew we were moving into this journey of conception and I knew I wanted to do three to six months of sort of high density nutrition diet. Um, and I wanted to give my body at least three months to detox from having mm-hmm. the IUD in. didn't really have a concept of how it was impacting my body. Cause would had one in for better part of 10 years, more right. or less. Um, so, but I had heard enough sort of stories to go, okay, but I need to give my body some time to sort of let all this work its way out of my system, mm-hmm. um, before we make a baby so that the baby's not impacted by however, however this, birth control has been impacting Mm -hmm. my system even though it was a copper one even though it wasn't hormonal Da da da. um so then i was like well what are we going to do because i'm definitely not having i'm definitely not not having sex for three months straight (laughs) that's not an option option. (laughs) that's not an option for in my world i was like no um so yeah so i went looking and um taking charge of your fertility came across my my world and i i bought the book and i just devoured it like you said from cover to cover and I had a similar experience like why the fuck didn't anybody tell me this way back like how is it that I'm just finding this out now this should be required reading for all women coming into their their menstrual cycle like and and just and being like really at in awe of like how simple it was Mm. to figure out because there's like sort of you can do daily tracking but you can also do lazy tracking which I was like oh I like lazy tracking that sounds great um and and so I got myself a thermometer and I didn't actually do the cervical mucus tracking for the first probably two or three months because I just felt uncomfortable as much as I'm like yeah sexual empowerment like I just felt uncomfortable reaching my fingers in and being like where is my cervix how is my cervical mucus doing what is this like so I just did the temperatures for the first three months um, and that was really clarifying because I could see how every month my cycle was going through this this temperature change and i was like oh wow it really does do that doesn't it oh huh, that's amazing. pretty cool never
2: figured that out oh just wow Incredible. <laughs>
1: um yeah so we did i did that for about three months just to get confident that i could actually see where my cycle was at before i took the iud out because I had been really pretty programmed to think that if I didn't have something in there that I was going to get pregnant right away, even though I'd read the book, even though I understood, you know, it's maybe, it's like a three to 10 day window where Mm -hmm. you can actually get pregnant in the month, 10 if you're being pretty conservative Mm -hmm. um, with how you're setting those rules, maybe 14 if you want to be really conservative about Mm -hmm. it. Um, And so, yeah, we... Um, so we track just with this, the temperature yeah we tracked thank months. you yeah i got a waking up baby so my <laughs> yeah. brain is like <laughs> it's like what what are we talking about <laughs> um yeah so we tracked just with the temperature and then we actually did a really beautiful ceremony we went down to the woods and um dan and i like set container we're like okay we're gonna conceive a baby in the next three to six months or so and we're like holding space for you know the removal of the IED mm. and I was like fuck the patriarchy you're no longer in my vagina like yeah. I felt super super <laughs> triumphant <laughs> about that oh. um and I felt a lot of relief and a lot of release and I literally just like squatted in the woods and pulled it out um I had a little bit of bleeding that day that came along with it but and it didn't not even a pinch just sort of mm. like they're really soft and plastic yeah. they come out really easily um it's a little awkward to grab them but yeah. I love that you did that yourself. Oh, it's so empowering. So simple, right? Yeah, the second one I did, I I sat and watched a bunch of videos on YouTube first, um, because it costs in Canada you just book an appointment, but in the U.S. you're paying three to four hundred dollars to get it removed from a practitioner. So there were a bunch of ladies who like low income. They're just like, I can't pay that much to get this thing out, so I can have a baby right so they they're a bunch of ladies doing it on their own themselves. teaching themselves so i had watched a bunch of videos and been like basically enough that i go like okay these ladies aren't dying and they feel passionate about enough about it that they're you know sharing information and mm-hmm. i'm 20 minutes from the hospital should anything go awry and i've got somebody mm-hmm. with me and blah, 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 blah. whatever so that's my version of risk management not everybody's going to be comfortable with that you can totally book an appointment to get it taken out if that's what your journey is mm-hmm. um But I like to share that you know you can't just pull it out. Gemma pulled hers out in front of her ex who was not supportive, was pissed and like you can't do that. She's like watch me, (laughs) and just like pulled it out. And I'm like fuck, I love that woman.
2: Oh yes, (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. So I get I get caught up on the story. So so then we've got the IEDs out. So then now now it's serious. Now now I you know, the, the thing I've been practicing, I'm like, okay, I'll do my cervical mucus now. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good idea of when I was ovulating anyways, based on how horny I was, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. synced mood, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: mood, social. Yeah. Mood,
1: social, synced up with the moon. I thought okay. Like, and if we do a 10 day period, which is what I decided on to sort of feel really comfortable, yeah. um, cause I did really want to give that gap. Yeah. So we did, I uh, it was like three, I think I ended up doing three, three or four months of like doing that and it was really fascinating to see uh how my sex drive came back in a different Mm. way because i was like oh my god i can actually make a baby whoa and how different that felt than uh having sex with somebody you didn't really want to make a baby with and worrying about pregnancy versus having sex with somebody you actually did want to make a baby with And we're, like, intentionally, consciously avoiding pregnancy. It's like, ooh, that's, like, some of the most yummy, beautiful, Mm -hmm. like, the intimacy where we go, like, very fertile, and we're consciously making this choice not to right now. (gasps) it's, like, (laughs) tingly, like, earth-shatteringly beautiful intimacy to be, like, making those conscious decisions together. Um, And, and, I don't know, it's really interesting for me to hear your story, because, you have been using it as a form of birth control whereas Mm -hmm. i did not put myself in that situation Mm -hmm. until i was already with somebody that i was very clear that i was going to be making a baby with and i don't remember what the scale is that they have in in taking charge of your fertility but they sort of have like a scale where it's like if you were you're you're avoiding conception but if you were to conceive you'd be totally fine with it and that's where Mm -hmm. i would say i was on that spectrum it's like i'm actively avoiding But if I got pregnant, it would be so beautiful and welcome. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that felt comfortable to me. I don't know if I would have been comfortable. If you were just really not. If I was just, if I was really not wanting to make a baby. Um, That's, that's an interesting consideration. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But so we used it for like that for three or four months and then. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, our, there were a couple of other sort of like like circumstance things that we were waiting for. I wanted to do the detox. We did that. We did a whole bunch of sauna. And then um, I wanted to move down into Slocan because mm-hmm. we were in Revelstoke and I wasn't happy about it. Mm-hmm. So we moved down into Can And then it was like, okay, is it this month? It's like, mm, I don't think it's this month. is it? I was like, I want the baby to be born in the spring. Let's wait one more month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it was just like there was this really potent sort of conversation every month of like is it this month are we making these decisions differently this month or are we continuing to avoid during this time or are we actively going to like lean into and you know run with the horniness and the, Mm -hmm. the desire to create life or or not and then we got to the month where it was like yes we are and um it's just so beautiful it's so beautiful to like be like oh like finally i can follow my body's urge my body has been wanting to make baby for like many months now with this man and just like really moving into that space of like oh i can trust my body mm. i can trust my body to like to not make a baby and i can now trust my body to make a baby and yeah we had some it was a really lovely i wouldn't say it was 10 days but there were three or four days right around ovulation there we had yeah. some really incredible intimacy mm. um in that time and i was like. Mm pretty sure we just made a baby and then and then it's the waiting journey right um of of just going okay so we've got like 18 more days and then we'll find out because I just kept tracking my temperatures and and you know you could feel in the breasts like the breasts you could feel sort of right away they do that plumping but then it was like oh okay we hit that 18 days my temperature stayed up my boobs got more tender (laughs) oh my god don't touch my boobs for three months right like and um yeah and then i was really? like okay so i'm pregnant definitely yeah. so and you didn't even need
2: to take a test because no. you saw it in your charting your yeah. temperature stayed high you yeah didn't drop back down absolutely amazing yeah
1: and i would say like after that second when my second cycle should have been there then i was like okay definitely i'm pregnant mm-hmm. but by that time i could also feel the baby above my pubic like i could feel my womb growing yeah. right above my pubic bone um and i have a whole podcast that i did about uh uh pregnancy tests as the first step in a cascade of interventions yeah. And how we don't need to do that. We don't need something outside of us to tell us we're pregnant. We don't need to double check with something outside of us to tell us we're pregnant. It's like time. Time will definitely let you know. And, you know, your missing cycle will let you know and your tender breasts will let you know and your very sensitive nose and your, Mm. (laughs) you know, all of these things. Um, absolutely we'll let you know and yeah just really moving back into a place of trusting our bodies and Mm -hmm. being really good in that Mm. so super empowering Mm. even though i've had this like very short short walk with it journey with it yeah Yeah.
2: but i'm sure you'll continue using it into the future yeah definitely
1: if we're in a period of like wanting to not conceive babies or timing them in specific ways definitely be utilizing Mm. that as a tool and Mm. i can go like i gotta pull that book out and check in on the like postpartum breastfeeding rules right. right
2: yes that is that time that it's a little different and i've known a few women to not fully get their cycle back and
1: get, get rid again
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it's. It, i was yeah. talking with dan about it the other day he's like oh we'll just do the thing we did before i'm like uh this is not that simple when we're breastfeeding right so yeah um yeah we'll see how that goes mm, but
2: the learning never ends yeah well, i'm <laughs> blessed
1: to be in a place where it's like oh more babies happy happy mm. right versus yeah feeling out of control with that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Oh, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about detox for preconception. We mm-hmm. did we did touch on that. Um Yeah. I just think it's so important. Mm-hmm. Like heavy metal detox, hormone detox.
2: Mm. Um mm-hmm. I've got a very interesting perspective on this that's probably quite different than yours. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, like, actively using things to detox our body. Hmm. I'm, but I'm more of the mind of supporting our body's natural elimination pathways, mm, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So, because there are things that we can do that are like, you know, purgative herbs and cleansing herbs. And that's actually quite, um, it's quite intense on the body Mm -hmm. using things like that, right? So we're probably talking about kind of a similar thing, just different wording. Mm -hmm. So I like to flip the script a bit and and just support what our body already knows how to do so well, right? Through our immune system, through our lymphatic system, through our liver, who is our hormone uh, deconstructor Uh, And just supporting the the systems and organs that already do that. Right. Right. So work with our liver-loving herbs like dandelion and burdock and support our lymphatic system through sauna and Mm -hmm. hydration. And, yes, there's some herbs for the lymphatic system as well. Uh, But really focusing on the nourishment as well. Oh, absolutely. Because if we are only detoxifying, uh we can also be depleting if we're not like nourishing and replenishing our body with what it does need. So, yeah, that's my little like spin on things, but I'd love to hear like what you did. Yeah. Um pre pre-con- yeah, preconception for that. Yeah,
1: um so that's really I'm glad you said that because definitely a couple years prior I had done some really intensive like water fasting. Um I did like two 21-day juice fasts where I was doing just lemon lemon juice grape juice and like a psyllium uh, bentonite charcoal pudding mm-hmm. and that was all i ate for 21 days and it's really interesting because i, I became so uh like level-headed mm-hmm. i was like oh all my emotions are gone turns out a lot of my emotions are emotional eating related wow. or you know digestive bacterial overgrowth related <laughs> um and i'm really glad i did that work because i came out of it and i don't get hangry anymore Right.
2: That's um, fascinating.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. which is really an interesting. Um, it's like healing the blood sugar. Yeah. Yeah. But and it also helped me Roller see coaster. like how much I craved uh, bread, and it got, helped me get off bread because it really mm-hmm. was really catastrophic to mm-hmm. restart eating on bread <laughs> or pasta. For me, it was pasta yeah. more than bread. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had thought of detox as that mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. intense herbs in the body these like high concentrated tinctures, um, starving the body, sort of like starving out the pathogenic, the worms, the um, parasites, whatever it is. Um, And. Yeah, it was interesting. And I, I had that experience, and I knew that that had been effective. Like, I'd seen stuff come out of my body that I was like, whoa, that's been in there a long time. You've got to come out, right? Um, so I, I had that sort of background and that experience, and I'd really enjoyed intermittent fasting. So going down to six to eight hours a day of eating only. Um, but then looking at fertility, I was like, oh, a lot of these are designed for men. Yes. they don't take women's hormones into account. They don't take. And I was like, Oh, okay. So if I'm approaching fertility and I want to be making a baby, like this is not the time to be starving my body. I need to be hyper nourishing my body for at least three months, if not six months beforehand. And so I started looking at what did that look like? I sat down and seriously considered my um, vegetarian. We were, we were Mm, eating vegan at that point because we'd been traveling in Mexico and the options for nice nice options for um, animal products in mexico were really really limited where we were Mm -hmm. at Um, so we had decided to just pause on those um and yeah so i really was like hmm am i gonna re reintroduce animal products Mm -hmm. in a big way and we sourced some nice stuff and i tried it and just really didn't sit well in my body so i was like i guess i'm not Mm -hmm. so then it's like okay well then how am i getting my fats how am I getting my fat soluble vitamins? How am I doing that? And that's when the infusions really came on board. I was like, Oh, nettles are incredible. Oh, mm-hmm. oat straw, like the Nora tea, oat straw, nettles, uh, yeah. nettles, oat straw, uh, <laughs> rose, rose, no, oh, uh, ro- raspberry, r- raspberry, raspberry, leaf alfalfa. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Ooh, baby brain. Yeah. Um, where am I getting my omegas from? You know, cause I've done a lot of work in terms of healing my own mental health journey from my first my first baby and the depletion that had happened there but I'd done it through sort of synthetic um, supplements, you know. supplements mm-hmm. that had been like sort of isolated from like the you know um, isolated from yep. plants or yep. whatever but through a pharmaceutical method and I was like I don't want to do that like I don't mm. I started looking at the, the filler ingredients that were in there I was like I don't want to do that and Um, So I did a lot of research, and I was like, okay, with the things that I saw there, like the fulvic and humic acid, right? It's compost juice, basically. Um, (laughs) Dirt medicine. Yep. You know, but okay, but I don't have dirt medicine. So how do I get like synthetic or not like yeah packaged dirt medicine I can take regularly? (laughs) Um, Help help with cleaning out stuff um i knew i wanted to do the omegas i knew i wanted to do all these things so i basically put together it's like okay i would be putting all of these things into my body to hyper nourish my mm-hmm. body make sure that my nutrient um yeah. densities were up uh yeah. there's a great book called yeah great book mm-hmm. called um uh gosh it's like optimal health for, oh, optimal health for oh, optimal nutrition for pregnancy patrick holford mm. so he he wrote a book on mental health which i like totally took as my bible when i was healing my mental health stuff mm-hmm. and then i was like oh he has a version for pregnancy so i read his version for pregnancy then i took the numbers that he had and compared them against the like re- most recommended prenatal vitamins that i could find from the hippie alternative ladies yeah and i was like none of these vitamins has these minerals in the r- in the right combination uh,
2: ratios but like the ratios yes.
1: are just shit like yeah. how how do you actually you're supposed to take a lot of this and a little bit of this but you know this vitamin has sort of enough of this okay if you double okay that but mm. then now you've got way too much of this other thing and i'm like they're really not set up in according to this guy who i had to put my trust in because he'd helped me out with my other issues yeah oh so we got a little baby pause here maybe baby pause. Let's see how we're doing Um, yeah, so I decided not to do supplements because I couldn't find something that made sense. And I was like, okay, well then plants. Yeah. I was, I decided we were going to do plants. And so then I just went looking around for companies that were doing what I was going to do on my own. Um, I was like, I could formulate a whole bunch of greens powders together, but I'm living in an RV. (laughs) So how feasible is that? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I just found a really great company that is family owned and, um, Sort, like is farm to farm to yeah. powder basically <laughs> and found a protein powder and they do the probiotics and all sorts of things as well nice and yeah. was like okay well this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna go and we're kind of experimenting with my children but you know better like to the best of my knowledge we're experimenting with mm-hmm. the best thing i can figure out right to do for them yeah and so that
2: works with your body and, and it works with my body yeah. and my belief systems and yeah. my
1: my partner's belief systems as well because that's really important i had to get him on board and yeah he was definitely not going to be doing liver capsules mm-hmm. or bone broth or anything like mm-hmm. that to support his nutrition so i was like because that was really that's he's taken vows right to, to yeah. not do that so
2: mm-hmm. um mm, well, i love that you hi, intuitively knew that yeah nourishment was needed <laughs> More so. And I love that point about how a lot of the fasting and the cleansing and the detoxing are uh, met, you know, based around men and men's health, which are so vastly different vastly than ours. Different. Yeah. So I, I love that. Yes. Just something to take into consideration. Women um, is. Yeah. Is this meant for women's bodies and recognizing that there is a difference? in our nutrition and what we need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the
1: thing that opened up in my mind was this idea that like we can detox our bodies by super nourishing them.
2: Exactly. Because rather then than it supports your body to do its job. Yeah. Your body yes.
1: has all the, to- all the tools it needs. Yes. So, you know, and when, and I looked at that time when I'd done that sort of really restrictive fasting and I was like, yeah, it was like, it was a good experience but it like didn't nourishing yeah right is very much an emptiness practice right. rather than what I came into with the um with the preconception stuff yeah. Sweet, right. we're just gonna pause baby here boys. okay so we just took a little baby break diaper <laughs> changed, little howl and we're back um yeah so JC just wanted to invite you I know you've got a whole bunch of different offerings coming up and different workshops that you were talking to me about. So I'd love to hear (laughs) if people are excited and have felt connected with you in this podcast. Like, How can they connect with you Mm, moving forward? What are you offering?
2: Sure thing. So first of all, you can find me uh, at my website, which is unfurlwellness.ca. I'm on Instagram at unfurlwellness and Facebook as well. Same thing, (laughs) unfurlwellness. And that's where I post all my my offerings and upcoming events. And uh, my 2022 workshop season is just coming together and we're just about to pick dates. So I'll be offering a series of four simple herbal remedy workshops throughout the 2022 season. And this will be located in the Slocan Valley, so in Winlaw, BC. So if you're in and around Nelson or Castlegar or the Slocan Valley, uh, yeah, follow me and I will be sure to post the dates for those workshops. And hopefully they're gonna be free if we get some funding come through. So you can keep an eye out for those. And yeah, I'm just starting to put myself out there to offer my services uh, for birthkeeping uh, families and women who are choosing home birth and specifically birth outside of the medical system. So who are wanting a female or woman presence at their birth uh, without medical care. So yeah, more traditional birthkeeping, just witnessing, holding space. Uh yeah, I want to put myself out there for that. So same thing if you're in and around the West Kootenays, uh, you can find that info and details on my website and I'd love to, I'd love to be in touch. And then lastly, yes, on the Mama's Circle call tonight, I'm going to be doing a talk on herbalism for the childbearing continuum, focusing on reorienting our relationship to herbs. And so you're welcome to join us last minute. No, we're going to be releasing this after the call, so it will be recorded. And if you're interested in joining our community, you will have access to the recorded call of my workshop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Timelines podcast. Yeah. This is actually my first podcast. So, Podcast virgin moment. Yeah, Woo-hoo! you're taking my podcast virginity, which is so <laughs> wonderful because it's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. And I'd oh, awesome. love to do more of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Well, it's yeah. super, super lovely to engage with you in this way. Um And, yeah, I definitely just also want to vouch for your patience and kindness and the how you embody the wise woman um you know jc and i met on the internet and she has been in my house for three days now and just absolutely like filling all the little light corners and sort of nooks and crannies where i was like i just need a lady who can get this who understands you know just sitting together in bed while i'm nursing and just being like Oh, there's a lady next to me, and then my cupboard's getting cleaned, and (laughs) just, like, all the things like, just, like, so many little moments of being like, oh, oh, yeah, this is, like, soothing my continuum, this is, like helping me to understand that like everything's okay because my biological evolutionary blueprint of like having whims in this very vulnerable postpartum time with a little baby is like absolutely being met mm. by that. And so whether it's for birth or postpartum support, um mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely have beautiful things to say about J C and that and I would highly recommend connecting with
2: her. Thank so, you so much, Alina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: And then I always love to ask um, if you had, like, one piece of wisdom for women who were, you know, thinking of making that leap and going into taking charge of their own fertility, Mm. what would that be?
2: Mm. One piece of wisdom. More so that This is, it's a, it's a relationship that you get to build with your body who so wants to be in relationship to you, um, and and when you commit to, to listening to your body and to paying attention to the, to the signs and the messages that it tells you on a daily basis, that is, that is remembering, that is embodying and, um, it's so beautiful and it's a relationship you'll have for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's not so much advice, but more of a beautiful nugget that you'll find on the other end of taking this leap. Mm. Um, Yeah. Just being at home in your body and trusting your body uh, is such a beautiful journey to embark on. Mm. And this is an amazing way to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: so important to trust your body. Yes in general in life but especially in birth and intimacy and intimacy and and, yeah yeah it ripples out into all the places for sure yeah Yeah. beautiful (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) thank you bye beautiful people well that was
0: awesome thank you so much for listening all the way to the end how easily can you imagine That this experience is integrated already deeply into every cell of your being in such a way that you will begin to notice that you have already been operating from this new behavior for a while and that it was simply a matter of noticing how much you've already been doing this you may choose to feel that this moment is the moment that completely and utterly into your body, or in the days and weeks ahead, getting curious about how fully and completely this experience has transformed your life, realizing that you are a complete choice to choose how you would like to integrate this information into every cell of your being. Thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life podcast. And I am so grateful to have you here and be a part of it. If you haven't already, head over to joygasm.me to check out our Joygasmic Birth Blueprint ebook and course, which give you all of the information that you need to become a Joygasmic Mama, whether you are postpartum or whether you're expecting your first baby. This course absolutely has tips and tricks for you that will help prepare you for birth prepare you for the birth of your next child, and prepare you for peaceful and joygasmic mothering on the other side. So. Absolutely, the way that we do one thing is the way that we do everything, and so by utilizing and beginning to build a practice of joygasmic alchemy, you will absolutely become a better mother and hold space as I am, and as many, many women are, for the enlightenment of the planet. We do that first by working on ourselves and then offering that support and that enlightened nature within ourselves to our families, and then from there it ripples out. So, if you haven't already checked that out, go check that out now again it's joygasm.me we've also got courses on rescuing your relationship bulletproof mom how to be able to handle even the most intense toddler or uh, special needs child later on in life as well as a multitude of new courses that are coming out we're absolutely grateful to get to have you as a part of that and remember you, anyone who participates in the funding of the podcast absolutely gets a membership access which allows you to access the bonus features the ends of some of our episodes exercises from our guests as well as featured free content from them so Super glad to have all of you who are a part of that already here, and thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life family. If I could leave you with only one tip for how to be an orgasmic, joygasmic mama in this world, the invite would be to really step into and embody the knowledge that you are actually here for a reason, and that that reason is to be an enlightened being for your family. They chose you for a reason. They chose you on this consciousness journey for a reason. And you absolutely have the tools and skills to be able to do this. If you're struggling, please reach out. I am more than happy to help people rewire what's going on in their brain, create a new story, and create a more powerful experience so you can be the kind of mama for your kids that you really have dreamed of. You absolutely deserve it, and your children absolutely deserve it. I look forward to getting to know you more, and I look forward to co-creating through the membership content. Have a beautiful day, and we'll see you on the next podcast.